Spread Great Ideas is meant to increase the signal in a world awash in noise. I'm your curator and host, Brian David Crane, and it is my quest to share the learnings of the world's most interesting people, the disruptors, the outliers, the libertines, and those who've been unconventionally successful so that we can become a little bit wiser together. Hey, Andre, thanks for uh, taking the time to uh, chat with me. So as a bit of context, um, you and I were having a chat last night in the car, and we were talking about some of the differences between Belarus and the surrounding countries. And I got to say that Belarus is a country that I think most Americans know very little about. Um, You lived in the States for a year. You've obviously traveled as well outside of Belarus, which is somewhat unique because the majority of Belarusians don't necessarily get to leave the country. And I want to talk about a little bit of the history in Belarus, some of your observations from having been outside of the country and then going back, and also maybe the logistics as far as how you actually got here, um, because it's a testament to some of the uh, the government policies in Belarus, yeah? Yeah. Cool. So, first of all, What's Belarus known for? It's the the it has the oldest or the longest running dictatorship in Europe. You said yesterday, yeah. Uh, yes. So uh, Europe thinks so. So we, that we have the last dictator of Europe. So they call it our president the, this way. And what's his nickname inside of Belarus? Uh, Batka. Which is daddy. Which is uh, daddy, father. Yeah. Effectively, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. And so do, he. Do you know, uh, do you know why it is so? Actually, no. Um, I think that uh, it is so because uh, he tries to care about everything. Uh, it doesn't matter he can do it or he cannot. He tries to do it. So he's he thinks that he's the best in biathlon, in economics, uh, in in everything, in uh, spacecraft. I don't know. So and that's why we call him like Batska because he he can um, can try to do everything. So. That's it, I think. Was it was he in uh, the milit in like the Soviet military prior to the uh, the fall of the Soviet Union? Because he's been the dictator since the fall of uh, the USSR, correct? He uh, he is the first president of Belarus after the crash of the USSR. Okay, but in Belarus, I was watching a video earlier today, and they actually a lot of the. S- s- symbols the flags these sort of things they haven't really changed much since um since the fall of the ussr since the fall of the soviets right um not exactly so um we changed our flag actually so it was changed uh, the colors were changed so we were uh, white red white okay and now we are red green and a little bit of white so <laughs> he changed the flag so and but but are the things that haven't really changed since the fall? Like the, when we were sitting here working yesterday, um, Roman, uh, his plug was still a throwback to the Soviet Union on his computer, those sort of things. Uh, you mean, did something change from that time? Yeah. Uh, so we tried to change, but uh, so we are back. So we're still back, 20 years back from, I think, a well-developed country. Hmm. So... And you're, let me just speak a minute to your experience in coming to Poland, which is, as we're talking right now, we're in Warsaw, and 
you had to you have to get a visa to leave you have to get stamped when you're here in the country to illustrate that you had the business meeting and then you told me yesterday in the car that one of the reasons that you all took a bus from from Belarus over here was it's the one of the few ways that doesn't that actually is on time that there's not uh, stopped by the border guards um, and searched uh, for contraband or smuggling or those sort of things right um, not exactly but uh, there is some truth in that what 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 am I getting wrong okay so uh, if you speak about the visa this is not the uh, our country's problem this is the uh, this, the European Union uh, requires visa and to get us in, you know? Yeah. So what concerns uh, these queues um, on the border? So, again, so this is the problem of both sides, I think. So um, we, are get, we are got checked. Uh, in both directions. In both directions, yes. Yeah. So, and... Uh, and what about the papers that we have to sign and stamp and uh, seal a lot of papers? Yeah, that's true. So the bureaucracy is uh, our second name. <laughs> well, but and you had told me that. So, for instance, uh, it's quite popular to smuggle cigarettes and some other things from Belarus into Poland because yeah. they're cheaper if you're bringing them from Belarus, and vice versa if you're going from Poland back to Belarus. It's pretty common to take technology because there's some sort of ratio of what is actually allowed to be sold in Belarus. It has to be, what, 80% Russian, 20% European Union or something like that? Uh, yeah, so the thing is that uh, people try to earn some money uh, selling cigarettes, uh, oil. Like gasoline? Yeah, okay. gasoline, yeah. Uh, to the Europe. So okay. they try to pack their cars huh. and try to get through the border. And they're trying to buy uh, expensive things in Europe. I mean, TV sets, uh, refrigerators, all that stuff, uh, because they, they are cheaper, first yeah. of all. Secondly, um, they can buy brands, which, is, uh, which means it's a good quality. And... Thirdly, they can return some money back, VAT. So they can return twenty or twenty-three percent yeah. out of out of this uh, purchase from the Polish government. Yeah. Yeah. What concerns the quarters? Uh, so I I can't tell the real, uh, you know, re the real proportion, but uh, it is some about eighty to twenty. So we have to sell our Belarusian goods in our shops. Okay. Uh, because it is thought, uh, it is thought by our president. So well, our president thinks so that uh, it will stimulate our economy. It will help our factories, uh, you know, to remain open and to give people jobs. And you had told me yesterday that there's press all the time in Belarus that talks about how it's getting better. Uh, that reminds you. It's. I don't know if it's propaganda or if it's press, somewhere in between the two. I don't know why it is happening, but of course, uh, if we switch on the TV and uh, we'll try to watch programs, which are Belarusian programs controlled by government, so everything is okay there. 
So we mm -hmm. have some economy growth every year. Uh, so and we are told that everything is okay. So we are getting better every day and every week and every year. And there will be some day then everything will be okay. But nothing is changing so at the moment. So. And you're symp and you're sympathetic to this because you live close to the Polish border and can watch or pick up on what's happening in Poland and see sort of the contrast. Yeah, yeah. So people who live um, in the West, so they just can compare. Mm -hmm. They're living in Belarus and they're living in Poland, for mm -hmm. example, and, or other European countries. So and that's why we understand that uh, the stories we are told about the uh, the progress is not actual aid. It just the information which is uh, given us under the right angle. If you okay. if you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the from uh, from the government's angle. Yeah. So yeah. from the government's angle, for those people who will vote uh, in five years. So. Yeah. There's a couple other things that. I found interesting when we were talking about Belarus. So one is, is that programmers, that's the highest paid job in Belarus. Yeah, correct. Um, so therefore you have a lot of people that are going into programming yeah. or engineering, uh, um, computer science that for you, you have a family and you would be keen for your kids to go to school outside of Belarus because the degrees and the diploma that come from a, Belarusian university aren't honored by any other, um, basically any other country, right? Yeah, uh, I don't know why it is happening again, but I think this is, this is not the problem of Belarus. This is the problem of attitude to our country. But what I really think that what is a real Belarusian treasure is our brains, our minds. Hmm. That's why we have. That's really true. That we, that's why we have the real and the best programmers. We have very good doctors. So, um, still, like in the Soviet Union, we have a very good educational system. Mm. So, we are forced to study. So, the study is under control. So, everyone should attend school, then go to university. So, I think that um, government stimulates that. Uh, the whole country stimulates that. Parents stimulate that. Government stimulates that. Different um, third parties stimulate that. So, that's why we really have good specialists. But there is some... Uh, you know, some dif difficult to things to understand. So the diploma we have uh, here in Belarus is not recognized in Europe. Mm. So we have to prove the knowledge, and uh, A second time, second time, right? Yeah. So and just after that we can you know get a job. But still, a lot of people go outside the Belarus. They uh, prove this this knowledge. They start working. In Europe and become successful doctors, programmers, engineers, whatever. So, but still, after that, our diploma is still not recognized anywhere. And when when they leave, is that a is that a problem in Belarus where you have young people who are leaving, going elsewhere in Europe, not coming back, and there is a demographic. Um, essentially like a demographic crisis where, where you have the, the, the young have left, the old need the pension system, and uh, there's, not enough, there's not enough young people effectively to support the, uh, the existing pension obligations. I think that the problem, not just only that the young people are going out, out from Belarus, the problem is that everyone tries to get out of Belarus. So mm -hmm. not just young people, 
people who are 30, 40, 50, if they have an opportunity, they go somewhere, start business in another country, so try to set there to get their perm permanent residence there, and then maybe the citizenship. Hmm. So not just young people, but young people understand more. So young people uh, were not born in the USSR. They were born in this Belarus, and they understand what is happening. And they are trying to do this uh, just after they finish school, university. Yeah, to get out. Yeah, to get out. So that's why, at the moment, a lot of people try to find something better, because our government um, don't want or can't uh, give our people what they deserve. And what about internet censorship? Is there, is the internet censored? What? Uh, so government uh, controls the only provider of internet. Okay. So what is behind that? So I can't tell, but I suppose yes, of course. So if we have only one provider, uh, if the government asks to put a special device uh, somewhere in the infrastructure, yeah, yeah. So it means something. Uh, I think that, so, yeah, there is some kind of control. How do they use it? I don't know. But I think that it is. So, on a more positive note, I will say a couple things I learned interesting about Belarus. Number one is it has the most trees of any country in Europe. Something like 40% of uh, the country is uh, covered in trees. So, it's known as, what, the lung, the lungs of Europe? Yeah. So yeah, we are very we are very green country, and not only just because of these forests. Uh, if you come to any city of Belarus, you will find a lot of trees and parks mm. in every city and every town. So, I think that's cool. Yeah, that's right. And for 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 folks who don't know the geography of kind of the northern European plain, it's Poland is exceptionally flat. Belarus is exceptionally flat. It's almost like the Midwest in the U.S. I know you were in the U.S. for a year, but you were only in New Jersey. New and, Jersey. Yeah. So um, it's it's just it's 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 almost like open plains, effectively, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what did you say about the seasons? Is that summertime there is magical? Wintertime when it snows is magical, but outside of that. Uh, so winter is a good season in our country, of course. It's very beautiful. So we have a lot of trees, we have a lot of flowers. <laughs> so that's really beautiful. So late summer, uh, late spring, then uh, summer, and maybe early autumn is very beautiful. Um, if we have snow in winter, it is also beautiful. But uh, with this global warming, we have less and less snow every year. Okay. And it becomes gray without snow. But if you have snow... That's really beautiful. Our children are very happy to be able to you know, play with the snow, make snowmen, you know, something like that. And what about just the Belarusian people in general? You had told me yesterday that they are quite a bit warmer than Russians. Yeah, uh, so the Belarusian people are different from Russians. And sometimes... You know, it even offensive sounds like uh, an offense when you are called Russians, not Belarusians. Mm. Even they are Russians, but we are Belarusians, not Belarusian, Belarusians. Belarusians, okay. Yeah, so, uh, and uh, I think, yes, so we are different. So we are kinder, so we are warmer, we are very, very... Uh, hospitable. I was talking about Georgia yesterday with you. Yeah. So, so 
people from Georgia are also very uh, hospitable. So mm. I think that we are quite the same. So um, we are positive. So whatever happens, we remain being positive. So I think it's a very good thing. Uh, we're not so aggressive. So I think we are not aggressive at all. Mm. So and um, so that's the point, I think. So that's the difference from, from Russians. And and with with respect to Belarus and its history related to Lithuania and Poland, it was one country at one point, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and what was the language that was spoken? Um, it was it was some kind of you know uh, you mean the history, right? Yeah. What was the name of the country? You Respublika. That we're speaking about that country. Yeah. So the language. It, you know, it was some. It it was some ancient language. It was uh, the mixture of Poland, Polish language, Belarusian language, and Lithuanian language. Okay. So and in different times, it was different language. So you know, there were hard times. So it was Lithuanian language. Some part of it was Belarusian language. So then it was Poland language. So it uh, time changed. So the language also changed. The politics changed. So, but still, we have a lot of common words. Uh, with Polish language, and I think that Belarusian language is uh, more familiar, uh, more um, similar to Polish language than, than for them to Russian. If if we take Belarusian native language, but not, you, not Russian substitution of Belarusian words. Yeah, you had told me yesterday that the the people who speak uh, Belarusian or Belarusian. Are viewed almost as suspicious with suspicion. Yeah, because the president doesn't actually speak it. So that's my point of view. So our president speaks Russian. Okay. And I have never heard him speak speaking Belarusian language. So and as a president of Belarus, that's that seems strange. Yeah. So we have two um, official languages, Russian and Belarusian, but our president speaks only Russian. And those who speak Belarusian are considered to be like you know opposition, and they are uh, looked at with suspicion. That they are uh, um, there's an old expression about one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Yeah, and depending on who's looking at them, yeah. some people would consider them to be do domestic terrorists, possibly. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I think that our Belarusian language is uh, getting better hmm. year after year. So more and more people speak it, and uh, um, whether our president wants it or not, so our language is moving forward. So we have, you know, signs around the country in Belarusian language. Uh, it's like a nationalist movement in a way. Of yeah, re re steady, not very quick, er, not very quick, but steady movement forward, hmm. and our Belarusian language um, is not being forgotten. Hmm. So a couple other interesting things, because after you and I talked last night, I started to do some research. Average salary in Belarus is roughly four hundred dollars a month. Yeah. So you know, if you just um, if you just make a close survey of uh, the salaries, uh, what I remember is some kind of ten years ago, our president promised that at least five hundred dollars will be will be their salary of. Everyone in Belarus per month. So, per month, yeah. yeah. After these ten years, we have the same promise to get this five hundred dollars as a salary. So, if we have this 
$500 as a salary, it's not big money, of course, but it would be enough to live more or less comfortably mm-hmm. within the Belarus. So if, so we can't really travel around the world, uh, but within the Belarus, it will be okay with this sum of money. But still, we don't have them. So we have the promise that sooner, in two years, in three years, so you'll get this $500. But nothing happens. And there's no... There's no real movement to overthrow this guy, effectively. There's there's sort of an expectation of, we'll just ride it out until he passes away, and he doesn't have like a prince or a son who's waiting in the wings to take... Uh, no movement. I think th- there are a lot of reasons for that. Uh, the first one is, is control. So the... Uh, the police forces, the military forces, uh, some special forces like, uh, um, so you call it FBI in your country. Yeah, so internal security KGB, service. KGB, yeah. yeah. it's called. In. So I think that these forces are under control and they control the situation in Belarus mm. and don't let anything happen, first of all. The second thing is that uh, actually there are no other candidates potentially that can change the situation because if someone tries to uh, think that he maybe can participate in the elections and uh, yeah make another, and become another president something happens that um, this candidate this candidate is out of the uh, this race president race so he, and he or she every election we have and every election we have you know our president as the number one candidate and some <laughs> Uh, no names which are you know can be a real president. So that's my point of view. So that's happened this way. I had read that there is uh, an old Soviet expression, which is uh, the government pretends to hold elections and the people pretend to vote. Or that maybe a better way to say it is that it's not he who votes that counts, but he who counts the votes. Yeah, that's a that's famous the- phrase from Stalin. Uh, I think that's not what that's not Stalin probably. It's some British politic. politician. Can, yeah, maybe Margaret Thatcher. I I, I can be mistaken, but okay. yeah, the thing is that it's not. It doesn't matter how people vote. It doesn't matter who counts. It's who ma- it's who counts it. Yeah, yeah, and certifies and certifies the election. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think on one side that is compelling for Belarus is I hope that when whenever is if I say his name is it Lukashenko is that correct yeah yeah when he um, moves on that uh, Belarus as a country moves more into the orbit of Europe because like you've said right now is it's not even really considered it's very much in the orbit of Russia um, and Historically speaking, Russia gets very antsy when anything gets closer and closer to threatening its border. And by its border, I mean that it is able to strike at Moscow or move into the the heartland of Russia. And so for that reason, Belarus is quite important to Russia as a buffer between it and, and Europe, right? Yeah. Um, so my, uh, my pol- political viewers are not my strong side, but as far as I know, so yes. So we are important for Russia. Uh, f- uh, to be such a zone, and uh, you told that our country is trying to look west, westward, 
and try to make some contacts with Europe and and of course that's what Russia doesn't like mm. and uh, these processes uh, have started not long ago maybe within a year so now we have uh, the possibility uh, to pay less for our visas because of such a such policy because Belarus started to talk with Europe uh, and that's why I think that we are trying to look westward and not just you know uh, eastward but westward and one other shift that's happened is that at least since last year uh, if you're coming from certain countries in the US would be one of them if you land in Minsk in the airport you're able to enter the country and spend 30 days there visa free yeah which is unique if you cross the border you like on a land border you can't do that if you come in another way you can't do that um, it has to only be through the Minsk airport um, but you can come in for 30 days visa free and so you get more Europeans probably coming in as a result of that partially through so you so if you fly to Minsk it's okay. Yep. And if you cross the border uh, and will visit Grodno, for example, or Brest, yeah. uh, by car, it is also possible. Okay. So, but you, you cannot uh, cross the border and go to Minsk because you. Um, it's too far. Yeah, you're not supposed to leave this uh, zone, okay. visa free zone. So, and if you just go by car, yeah. you can't go by Minsk by car because you will leave the Grodno free zone. So, you should uh, fly to Minsk to visit Minsk for free, without visa, yep. or go by car to visit Grodno or Brest. And then when you land there in Minsk, you have to take out insurance, I think, as a foreigner for the duration of your trip, from what I'd read online, is that effectively you say, I'm, I, ins I don't know what the insurance covers, but it's, I think it's partially to register you with the police, and then partially also to say, um, it's almost like a bond, like if you break something or get in trouble in I the country. I think it's medical insurance. It's medical insurance? Just medical insurance, yeah. Okay. Okay. But when we go to Europe, we also have uh, we, we have insurance. to have some yeah medical insurance. We must have it. Okay. And for the single guys listening to this, what did you say last night about the uh, Belarusian or the Belarusian women? So they are the best. <laughs> so they are the most beautiful. So you can't argue with that. So I, I <laughs> and your wife has also said that they are much more fit than like physically yeah. fit than the uh, yeah. than, than so. the poles and the other countries around and why is that um, I don't know because of maybe because of fast food I think in so in, in Poland yeah in Poland and Europe yeah uh, maybe in the US as well I, w I went to a shopping mall last night to get a couple things and there was Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, McDonald's uh, Burger King every, like four or five of the big multinational brands uh, fast food chains were all over this place and uh, I can see that having an impact yeah. on their diet. On speaking speaking about Grodno, so for example, we don't have McDonald's in Grodno. Which uh, is a city of a quarter of a million people, 300,000 people, right? Yeah. Uh, we don't, we have one Burger King and that's it. No Subway, mm. uh, no um, KFC. KFC, KFC yeah. yeah. So, nothing like that in Grodno, just in Minsk. So, maybe we are still trying to uh, stay away from that a bit. Well, it was, I mean, it was crazy. I looked at flying into Grodno to, to meet you and Roman, and there was no 
public airport. When I mean public airport, I mean an airport that a uh, commercial uh, airlines fly into. And so Grodna is 300,000 people, mm -hmm. um, but it's three, three and a half hour drive from Minsk, yeah. from Warsaw, and you have to cross a border, an actual manned check border mm -hmm. um, to get into uh, Poland. So uh, the feasibility of getting there if you're coming in on an EU passport or an American passport, it's effectively you got to fly to Minsk and take the train. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's stop there. Thanks for Thank you chatting with me. Yeah. Um, and if, you have, you, if you have some more questions, so we can chat again sometime in the future. I definitely want to get to Belarus. It's a country that I, prior to meeting you two, knew very little about, and now I'm very interested to go there. Uh, I still welcome you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. All right. Cheers.